Kathy and I are thrilled to be here with you and to be here with Wayne and Debbie again. We think this is the third time we've been privileged to, to be here in your church and community and with them, and we praise the Lord for his faithfulness over the years and his faithfulness now to a new generation of Nazarene missionaries there in Papua New Guinea. And from your district, you have Matt and Tammy Woodley that are there, and what a beautiful family they are, and what a great job they are doing there at the Nazarene Hospital. You may wonder why I dress like I did. I'll be honest with you, it's the thing in my closet that fits me the best after the pandemic. But I thought it might help you to remember medical missions in the Nazarene Church as well. If you would turn with me, Please turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. We're going to look at verse 5 and 6, verse 8, and verse 12 through 13. Chapter 13 of Hebrews. Verses 5 and 6, verse 8 and 12 and 13. This was a covenant promise to me in high school when I went through a period of doubt and asked the Lord to show me the truth of his existence and his lordship. Verse 5 of 13 Hebrews. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may say boldly, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Verse 12, wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Let us go therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Let's pray. Jesus, would you help us to see from this scripture and the stories I will tell what you want to do for us and around the world. May you shine forth. Encourage any who need encouragement, Jesus. Bless those who have been faithful in their giving and prayers. And Lord, if you would call anyone, help us to hear and say, yes, Lord, I will go in your name. Amen. Well, the Lord was true to that promise he gave me in high school. Through all the years of training and the years we were there serving, even through tribal fighting and angry warriors and dangerous roads and airplane journeys, he never left us nor forsook us. He was there. He was our helper. We did not have to live in fear. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as we say yes to him, he can sanctify our hearts. And we can go outside of this Christian camp to where Jesus is working around the world. Last night, we had the privilege of sitting with your missions president and his wife and Linda And hearing stories of how God has used your work and witness teams all over 
it was a blessing to our hearts how God has used you to spread his word and gospel. God was true to our calling. Kathy and I were called as children about the age of the girls that sat in the front row. As we read missionary books and listened to missionaries speak, he spoke to our hearts, and we testified to that call. And then again in high school, I was at a youth camp, and Kathy was at a teen retreat, and God clearly spoke to us and said, this is what I want you to do. In college at Mount Vernon Nazarene University, Kathy went one summer to Belize, and I went the same summer to Guatemala. And there God confirmed his call. When I got into medical school at Ohio State University, our senior year, we got a grant through Reader's Digest to go and be a part of the work at your Nazarene Hospital in Papua New Guinea. And that confirmed our call as well. In those years, they didn't have a surgeon at the hospital. And I came back from that experience and went through a residency in general surgery and asked the Lord if I could serve him there, and he said yes. We praise God for five things that start with the letter A. I don't know if this is a question on the children's papers or not. If not, I should have been. But those five things are we praise God for his awesome enablement. When God calls us, he is an awesome enabler. And I praise him that I was able to do many different types of surgery in New Guinea, some I had never seen or participated in here, but God, the great physician, was there. We praise God for his adequate power um, for everything we face in life, for the trials of life, for his calling. He has adequate power to help us. We praise the Lord for being absolutely trustworthy. Not kind of trustworthy in most things, but absolutely trustworthy with every part of our lives. Our relationships, our calling, our life's work for every moment of every day. We praise the Lord for being always faithful. And in every stage of our missionary journey, including retirement here in America, God has been always faithful. And right this moment around the world, in places where you have been and we have been, God is answering prayer. That's the fifth A. A. He is answering prayer. And I want to just show you our family, a picture of our family, um, which we got taken this last uh, uh, summer when we were all together. That's my tribe with our six children and their spouses and our 11, and we, all, we have another one on the way, one in the hopper. So we praise God for answering prayer and being faithful in our family's life. Kathy and I want to say thank you to this church too. For as you have given and prayed for missionaries and missions, God has blessed those efforts around the world, including in that hospital in that country of Papua New Guinea. And so today I'm bringing you an investor's report. For as you have given through World Evangelism Fund, that's things like Faith Promise, Easter Thanksgiving offering, that goes to support missionaries around the world. And we'll give you a report of what that is doing. We thank you too for 
things like deputation offerings, which go to, uh, like for Ben and Catherine, that's what he buys surgical equipment from. That's how he does continuing education. And we are going back there. Kathy and I have the privilege. Since we retired, this will be our fourth trip to go back. And it's fun to be a volunteer because, you know, when you've had enough, you can just leave. (laughs) But it's really been a blessing to go back and to see friends and family and participate in the work. So some of the missionary doctors are going to a medical missions conference in Thailand. And they take their families. People go and they do children's uh, camps with the uh, missionary kids. And with the teens, they have a program. And then with, the, uh, with Ben and Catherine, she's a family doctor. He's a surgeon. They have professors from medical schools that go over and give them continuing medical education. There's also a devotional time every morning and then a, 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 just like a camp meeting service every night. And so they're going to go to that. And while they're gone, we'll go look after the place. So you can pray that Mama and I can make the journey And that we can remember what we're supposed to do in the operating room. And that the Lord will bless that time. But that's one way that they use their deputation funds. I want to give you an update now on what the Nazarene Church worldwide is doing. The Nazarene Church is in 164 world areas. There are 500 missionaries. And they have been sent out not just from America... But 63 different nations are sending nations now. Last year, 50 missionaries were deployed. World Missions has 51 educational institutions of higher learning. Three of those are in the country of Papua New Guinea. The Jesus film that you've heard about and participated with, they saw 500,000 conversions A half a million people came to know Jesus by watching that film. I wished I could take you to New Guinea as they watched that film. And as the people see Jesus die, they begin to wail and mourn. It's an impactful film. 10,000 churches were started last year through that film. Not just in New Guinea, but around the world. So... God is using that film to bring people to himself. In the country of Papua New Guinea, when Kathy and I went in 1985, there was one Nazarene district. Today, there are 14 Nazarene districts. Like your, what, what district is this? Philadelphia district. When we first went there, there were maybe less than 100 churches. Now we have over 700 Nazarene churches in that one little country. The hospital has grown to 140 beds. We have a college of nursing that's one of the best in the country, takes 50 students and graduates them each year. We have a Nazarene Bible college and an extension training program and a teacher's training college. And they've in the teacher's training college and the college of nursing, they also are taught how to start churches and do discipleship. So they get a diploma in lay ministry. So as we send out teachers and nurses who go to the remote areas all over the country, they are equipped, if there's not a Nazarene pastor in church, to start one and be lay pastors until God can supply that need. 
So we praise the Lord for great growth around the world through your giving and prayers, and especially in Papua New Guinea. But don't stop. Don't stop giving or praying because it's estimated that at least 3 billion people still have not fully heard the message of Jesus around the world. Still great need. We praise God for miracles in New Guinea that include some of these things in the last year. Last year when we went in the spring, they hadn't received funds at the hospital from the government for a full year. They had spent down all their reserves because we are the state hospital for the province where we are in. And when that hit the front page of the newspaper, Nazarene Hospital may be forced to close. The next day, the prime minister wrote a check for $2 million. We praise God for how he, year after year, supplies the needs for the work there. It was fun to be back there where they had finished a major building project, a new laboratory, um, new obstetrical wards, so many new buildings to better serve God's people there. Recently, they survived an earthquake of 7.5 on the Richter scale with no major damage to that hospital. And one of the things that we're really praising the Lord for, and you can pray with us, for many years... Um, the missionary doctors were the doers. So we did the work. But now we have the privilege in a real way to be the trainers and equippers and mentors because the government has started sending us medical students and residents um, that we can train, and they are joining with us. As I sat in the doctor's office uh, for a Friday morning conference of the doctors, I looked around, and half of the faces were dark-skinned faces from Papua New Guinea. These are New Guinea doctors who are finishing their training and coming to work with us, feeling God's call to be part of that mission work, and they are coming to be mentored and trained, and we have the privilege of teaching them how to bring people to Jesus, how to pray with their patients. And would you pray with us about that? Ben, my son, one of his senses of calling is to train New Guinea surgeons So he has started a surgery training program, and Dr. Alex, uh, this is Ben uh, and his family, and we have prayer cards for you in the back. As you go out the back door, there's a table that's uh, just down the stairs, and we have magnet prayer cards for you to put on your refrigerator. We would love for you to be on their prayer team and to pray for Ben and Catherine um, as they're involved in many aspects of the church work. Ben uh, is training the first resident, and he just took his exams, so you can pray with us that Alex has passed those. We haven't heard the result yet, but a beautiful family, Alex and his wife, Imelda, and she is a family doctor there, our first New Guinea doctor, and he followed her. And yesterday, two of our national doctors got married, Angela and Spencer, so we're looking forward to congratulating them. I want to tell you about some people there in New Guinea, and the first is Ben and Catherine. They were in my medical missions class one furlough when I spoke at New, uh, about the work, and I taught a class in medical missions at Mount Vernon Nazarene University. And then when they got ready to uh, go to medical school, Catherine had an interview at Wright State University. 
when they looked at her uh, application and called her in that day, they said, that name sounds familiar, Radcliffe. Did somebody else in your family go to school here? And Catherine said, well, my husband wanted to, but last year he got an interview and you didn't accept him. The lady got up from her chair, went to the file room, pulled Ben's file, looked through it and said, I don't know why we didn't accept him. Is he here today? We could interview him along with you. And Catherine said, well, he's in the parking lot. He brought me, but he's only got a T-shirt and jeans on. She said, it doesn't matter. Call him in. They accepted both of them, and that's the first time they had ever accepted a, a married family into that university. And God blessed them and helped them. She trained in family practice, and he trained the same place where I did in Columbus, Ohio, Riverside Methodist Hospital. And we're praising God for how he's using them there. You could also pray for Ben. He has felt God's call to take the course of study, Wayne, and to be ordained. Um, and so he's working on that course of study as well. Catherine helps out in a number of ways. Sometimes she works in the hospital, but with the five children, sometimes she's at home. And this year, because our volunteer school teachers weren't able to get there in time, she's part of the mother, uh, mothers supplying the, the school teaching. So she's teaching the science for the children at the MK school. But thank you for praying for them. And thank you for taking a prayer card in the back and putting it on your refrigerator. Pastor Vero is a New Guinea lady. In New Guinea, as part of that movement where they have the 14 districts, they took a large map of the country like we showed the children. Well, no, this is, that was the world map. There's a, the country map of New Guinea. They took a map and they said, where do we not have Nazarene work? Where is there not an evangelical holiness witness? And they marked areas, five of them, on the map where we need to be and we weren't. And then they began to pray, and five senior pastors felt God's call. These are not brand new pastors. These are people who have already been pastoring. They felt called to go to these new areas. Now, when they go to a new area, they're actually going to a new language group, a new culture. So it's like being home missionaries. And Vero and her husband felt the call and went to a remote area in the western province. As they were searching for ground and starting the church one night while we were there in the last trip this spring, Vero and her family were attacked by criminal elements in their community. They chopped her arm and broke her humerus. They made lacerations into her face. The next morning, her husband took her to the nearest airstrip, but the mission aviation plane had just left coming our way. They radioed us. We got a hold of the pilot. He said, I've got enough fuel. He turned his plane around and brought Vera to the hospital. Her wounds were sutured. She had a splint placed on her arm. And then there, we got an unusual request. She said, can you do surgery on that arm to make it heal quicker than the splint and casting would? Because I want to get back there to where God has called us. Back to the place where she had been assaulted. So Ben took her and did a plate and screws on her humerus. And she flew back in on that same mission aviation plane that took her out. God is calling 
the New Guinea people to their own country, to their own people. And we also have a couple, Jenny and Peter Isaac, who have been called from the Bible College where he was the chaplain. I think he actually told me it was while I was speaking at the Bible College one one chapel service. God called them to be missionaries. And they have left the country of Papua New Guinea to another country in the South Pacific, Vanuatu. They helped Dave and Sylvia Potter start the work there for the Nazarene Church. And now that the Potters have retired like us, Jenny and Peter Isaac are the missionaries in charge of God's work there. And as the Nazarene Church in New Guinea was sending them, they said this. They said, we have been receivers for many years of missionaries and mission forces and work and funds. And now we want to be senders too. We want to be a mature church. And they are giving to the Isaacs so they can be there in that new country. Dorothy, I have a picture of a patient named Dorothy. And Dorothy is part of the patients there at New Guinea who have um, received God's grace. Dorothy was abandoned by her husband who took a new wife while she was pregnant with her last child. Dorothy came to the hospital in labor and she was out walking around trying to get labor to progress when she collapsed. They brought her in and as we were, she had no blood pressure or pulse. We began to do CPR and did a quick scan of her abdomen and there was blood in her abdomen. She had had a ruptured uterus. While, I, while we're doing CPR, one of the other doctors is inserting a central line and we took her to surgery. Um, God miraculously helped us to resuscitate her. She had a return of her uh, heart rhythm after CPR. We did an emergency cesarean hysterectomy, which is a difficult operation because of all the blood flow. We gave her 10 units of blood, which basically is her entire blood volume replaced. That night, she continued to have some bleeding, so Ben and I took her back to surgery the next day and were able to uh, stop that. This is a picture of her one week later, ready to be discharged. She is full of the joy of the Lord that she has found there at the Nazarene Hospital and new life. Thank you for giving. As you have given and prayed for us and prayed for that hospital, each year people are being rescued from not only the dangers of the disease that they came in for, but from Satan's grip. For he is greater than the power of sin and sickness in Satan. And we praise God for Dorothy's recovery and for her joy and for your part in that. Charity was our MK school teacher. She had volunteered for two years. A young lady, single, she decided to do a seminary online through the Pacific Asia Pacific Nazarene Seminary in Manila. When she went home from New Guinea to her home church in Technus, Texas, there was a Burmese population there from Myanmar. And as they were ministering to those people, she began to minister to them. And then God says, this is what I want you to do full time. She wanted to go to Myanmar, but there had been a military coup, a military takeover. 
and people were fleeing Myanmar. Then the country further closed down because of COVID. And she said, Lord, what would you have me to do to fulfill my call? And God says, go to the next country nearby, Thailand, where many of the people are fleeing to. So she raised her own support, which is what a lot of missionaries now are doing to start out with. And she went to the country of Thailand. She, Thailand. She's right on the border. She's uh, living near many Myanmar refugees, and she has started a school for them. She, instead of staying in Texas where things could be comfortable, she decided to follow God's call and to run to the fire. Many times we want to run away from the fire, but she saw a need. God put it on her heart, and she answered and said yes. So here are some challenges for us today. As the verse I read from Hebrews 13 says, let us live in grateful contentment and trust in God's care. And Kathy and I are learning to do that as we've come back to America, to be gratefully content with what he has provided. Let us listen for God's call to go outside the camp, as verse 12 and 13 says, like charity did to where God calls us to be his people. To join Jesus and his people in their sufferings through prayer and giving and if he calls through going. To be radically obedient and be willing to leave comforts and security of the known here to go to the unknown there. And then as she did with her church in Texas, let us look for missional opportunities right here. Sometimes they're right around the corner. A pastor named John Piper said this, For Jesus to redeem people from every tribe and tongue and territory, we must go where there is persecution and perishing. Fanny Crosby wrote the song that I prayed, played with Debbie, Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. One of the verses says, tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Vern Ward, the mission director for the Nazarene Church, said two statements that I've never forgotten. The first is this. There is no one who has ever lived on this earth for whom Jesus did not die to save. Vladimir Putin, Jesus died to save him. The leader of North Korea, Jesus died to save him. The second statement is that there is no place on this planet where God is not already at work to redeem the lost to himself. Let us join Jesus through prayer and giving. And if he should call you long or short term, just go. Thank you for the privilege of sharing with you today. May the Lord bless you in this church as your part of the mission giving.